Whether your heart's desire is for a life filled with love, with inner peace, with health and happiness, or even financial abundance, if you wish to see it, you must do this one thing. Believe you are already in Barbados. Welcome to the Manifestation Matters podcast, dedicated to exploring the divine creative power that lives inside us all, and how you can use the spiritual science of manifestation to create the life of health, happiness, love, and abundance you deserve. I'm your host, Eric Wall Robinstein, and I'm glad you're here. Since the very first episode of the podcast, so many of you amazing people out there have been sending in requests for different manifestation-related topics for future episodes. And one of the most common requests has been for real-life examples of manifestations. Manifestation miracles that have happened for me or for my students or others. And so, I thought I'd share a couple of stories today. That's right, it's story time, boys and girls, with the idea being to fill you with inspiration about what truly is possible for well, any of us when we deliberately apply the law of assumption. And it's at this point, you may be asking yourself, what's with the reference to Barbados? Well, it has to do with where our first manifestation story begins. Barbados was the home of the great teacher of manifestation, Neville Goddard. And way back when he was under the discipleship of his teacher, an Ethiopian rabbi and mystic named Abdullah, Neville had a problem. At that time, Neville had been living in New York City for years, and he desperately wanted to go home to visit his family in Barbados. But this was 1933, in the midst of the Great Depression, and he was dead broke. At the time, Neville was a dancer on Broadway, and because of the economy, all the shows were shuttered, so he had to work. Then one day, feeling frustrated and hopeless, Neville told Abdullah about his burning desire to visit his family back in Barbados. And Abdullah only said this, you are already in Barbados. Now, as you might imagine, Neville was confused because he quite obviously was not in Barbados, as evidenced by the traffic noise just outside the window. So he asked Abdullah what he meant. And that's when the old Ethiopian mystic gave him this advice. Go to sleep each night as if you were already in Barbados. As scripture reminds us, believe you have received it, and you shall. 
Now, Neville admitted that he thought Abdullah was more than a little off his rocker. Because here he was on 72nd Street, surrounded by skyscrapers, and it seemed like he couldn't be further from Barbados if he tried. But he wanted to please his teacher, so this is precisely what Neville did. As he drifted off to sleep, each night he imagined he was walking down the palm tree-lined dirt roads of Barbados. He saw the surrounding colorful bungalows, and he felt the warm tropical breeze on his face. Again and again, every night he fell into sleep in his New York apartment, imagining that his New York apartment was 2,000 miles north of him, back in New York City. Now, after a few weeks of this, with no prospects for a ticket to Barbados, Neville began to get, understandably, frustrated. So again, he went to see Abdullah. Nothing is changing, he said. I still have no money, and if I'm to make it home for Christmas, I have to leave by the 6th of December. Now, Abdullah looked at him with a kind of fire in his eyes and said sternly, you are already in Barbados, then disappeared into his office and slammed the door. Three separate times, Neville tried to speak to Abdullah about his lack of results, but Abdullah would never discuss it. How can you discuss with me that you are going to Barbados when you're already in Barbados, he would say. Slam. Now, a few days later, on the 4th of December, Neville received a letter from his brother, Victor, demanding that he come home for Christmas. The letter included $50 for clothes and instructions to go to the docks to pick up his ticket on the last ship to sail before Christmas. Neville was elated. He eagerly went down to the cruise line, and there he got the bad news. I'm sorry, Mr. Goddard, the clerk said, but first class is sold out. The only ticket we have for you is third class. But honestly, Neville didn't care. He was going to Barbados to see his family. First class, third class, what did it matter, he thought. So he excitedly made a beeline back to Abdullah to tell him of his good fortune. My brother Victor sent me $50 and a ticket to sail to Barbados, he exclaimed. And Abdullah seemed pleased. That is, right up until Neville told him he'd be sailing third class. What? Abdullah shot back. Neville explained, first class is sold out, but Abdullah cut him off. Who told you you are going to Barbados? Still insisting Neville was already there. And who told you you went third class? Abdullah then corrected. You went to Barbados and you went first class. Slam goes to the door of his office. Two days later, Neville went down to the docks with his suitcase and his third-class ticket in hand, and when he got to the window, it happened. Mr. Goddard, we have good news for you, the clerk said. Someone has canceled, and you are now sailing first class. And so he did. You are already in Barbados.
I am well aware that walking around believing you have $3 million in the bank, for example, when you actually have 300, can leave you feeling like, well, a bit of a loon. I could tell you when I first started my own manifestation practice, I often felt like I was lying to myself. Something that testifies to the power that the hypnotic spell of our three-dimensional world has over us. But here's what we have to remember. The creator of your reality, whether you call that your subconscious, the quantum field, or God, that creator is continually responding to your state of being. It's not listening to what you want. It's listening to what you believe to already be true. That's why if you believe yourself to be someone who wants to go to Barbados, you'll be rewarded with a manifestation of being someone who wants to go to Barbados. And in case you missed that, if you still want to go to Barbados, it means you're not yet there. So congratulations, you just manifested yourself apart from your desire. It's for this reason that it is absolutely critical that your attention is not focused on the hardened facts of so-called reality, but instead on the feeling of your wish fulfilled. Walk by faith, not by sight, as they say. And you do this by sustaining the feeling that would naturally well up within you had your desire already manifest into your reality. For that feeling is the surest and most powerful impressor of the subconscious creator. You must believe you are already in Barbados. And actually, I can tell you, I use that exact phrase in my own life. For me, I'm already in Barbados is a kind of a mantra, a code word that reminds me to refuse to allow three-dimensional reality to poison my state of being. So, as it relates to me wanting this podcast to help one million people all around the globe, I'm already in Barbados. And as it relates to me healing my recent knee injury, I'm already in Barbados. And for you too, I invite you to join me in Barbados. In whatever way Barbados looks to you. Our second story for today is personal. It's about how I manifested into my life my most important spiritual teacher. Now, this was back in the year 2002. I had just moved to Phoenix from San Francisco to open my yoga and meditation center, Yogapura. 
And yes, that's another improbable tale of manifestation for another time. But back then, I had been used to living in the San Francisco Bay Area, a region jam-packed with amazing spiritual teachers of every stripe. I'm talking about yoga teachers from every tradition, Zen masters with the secrets to existence, and Tibetan Rinpoches sharing esoteric meditation practices, and on and on. And in my own spiritual journey, I had gotten into the habit of regularly soaking up all this inspiring wisdom. But that all changed when I moved to Phoenix. I mean, there were plenty of competent yoga posture teachers here at the time. But as for authentic spiritual teachers, not so much. For me, Phoenix wasn't just a geographical desert. It was a spiritual desert as well, at least back then. And I'll admit, it was something that left me feeling cut off. But then one day, I saw a flyer advertising a series of talks by a famous Indian yoga master from the Kundalini tradition. He was coming to town as part of a yoga festival. And I recognized him immediately because I've heard more than a few of his lectures and had always been inspired by the depth and practicality of his wisdom. So, excitedly, I registered for the yoga festival with the single-minded aim of attending every lecture and session that this particular teacher taught. I mean, how often does one get to learn from a world-renowned, authentic yoga master? So in the days leading up to the festival, I spent my time reading more of his books, listening to more of his lectures, and it became clear to me that this was the teacher who I absolutely needed to study with. And so I felt I am already in Barbados. On the first day of the festival, which was held at a sprawling fitness complex down at Arizona State University, I was standing in this grand atrium with a group of six friends. It was a large open concourse with 50-foot ceilings and floor-to-ceiling windows, and honestly felt more like a modern international airport than a university, and the place was packed. So there we were, standing in a circle amidst a sea of hundreds of festival-goers tossing around ideas about where we should go to lunch. And that's when one of my friends, April, points behind me and says, isn't that the yoga master you're here to see? And I looked up, sure enough, at the far end of the concourse, there was Gurudev, as he's affectionately known. He was briskly weaving through the crowd, clad in flowing robes and his long hair, while his attendant trotted along behind him with an arm full of books. I smiled to myself, anticipating the classes I'd be attending later that afternoon, but then got right back to lobbing around lunch ideas with my friends. That is, for about 20 seconds. Because that's when Dan chimes in. Don't look now, but I think he's coming this way, he said. I glanced off to my right, and 
it seemed like Gurudev was making a beeline through the sea of people right towards us. And then, 10 seconds later, he steps right into the middle of our circle, like he was one of the gang. He then looks me dead in the eye and asks, Do you have a car? What? I ask and look over my shoulder, thinking that he must be talking to somebody else. Because keep in mind, I had never met this man, and he certainly had no idea who I was. But then he asks again, A car? Do you have a car? I nod, still a bit stunned. Yes, I have a car. Would you be able to give me a ride to my hotel? He asks. I stammer, of course. Now, at this point, my friends are all wide-eyed with mouths agape, trying to process what the heck is going on here, as was I. Then his attendant hands me the pile of books and disappears into the crowd. The next thing I know, I'm the one trotting behind the guru, this time across four lanes of traffic across the always busy Apache Boulevard to the parking lot where my car was parked. On the ride to the hotel, we got to chatting. I told him about Yogapura, the yoga center I just opened, and he said he'd love to come and give a lecture. So I made an invitation. But he said his schedule was fully booked, at least for this trip. He had a full schedule at the yoga festival, and after that, he was giving a lecture at another yoga center here in Phoenix, which I knew because I'd signed up for that too. Maybe next time I'm in Phoenix, he said. And with that, we were at his hotel. I dropped him off and then drove off in something of a daze. But wait, there's more. Later that afternoon, I'd attended his first session at the festival and went home feeling, well, inspired and renewed. But the next morning, as I was driving to the festival, I got a call from Jane, Gurudev's attendant. I'm calling because Gurudev's event tonight has been canceled, she said. She was referring to the lecture at the other yoga studio. Oh, that's too bad, I said, and felt immediately deflated because I was excited for the event. It is, she agreed, and then added, unfortunately, only one person registered. And, in case you didn't get that, only one person registered. And this is a world teacher who regularly fills conventions. And, only one person registered. And, by some manifestation miracle, that was me. Jane continued, Anyway, Gurudev was wondering if you'd like to host him at your studio tonight. Of course, I said yes, and then immediately called back to Yogapura and had them put out an email inviting all of our members. Long story short, we had a packed house. Gurudev lectured, and it was an amazing event. And, most importantly, I had manifested my teacher. You see, I ended up teaching with Gurudev for well over a decade, including co-directing his yoga teacher training programs. And to this day, I consider him and his entire family part of my extended family. All because I dared to live 
in Barbados. Of course, I have a small truckload of other so-called miraculous manifestations that are actually not miracles at all. From manifesting the creation of one of Arizona's largest yoga and meditation centers, Yogapura, to manifesting the most perfect relationship with the most perfect person I could ever imagine, Laura, to silly things like manifesting an airplane in 58 days or manifesting a $100,000 sailboat for free, to say nothing of the hundreds of stories of my students. More on those in some future episode. But for now, that's all the time we have. And I'm hoping that these two stories have left you inspired to refine your own powers of deliberate manifestation. As always, thanks for being here and a very, very special thanks to all my patrons whose donations make this podcast possible, including our newest patrons, Bear Siari, Rhonda Sutter, Keith Haddock, Pearl Kingsbury, Quinn Lisbeth, Paul O'Brien, Stacy Sherman, and Xander Fellows. You're all amazing, and we all owe you a deep debt of gratitude. So, thanks. As usual, I'm including with this episode a manifestation exercise. This time, I've got another custom-guided meditation that will help you live in Barbados. Figuratively, of course. You can get it free on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash manifestationmatters. And while you're there, if you're finding value in the podcast, please consider becoming a supporter of the show. It's an easy way to make sure I can continue with the podcast. And of course, you'll get some great gifts at the same time. So that's it. Thanks again. And if you can, do me a favor of leaving an honest review or a thumbs up. I'd be more grateful than you know. I'll see you in the next one.